Sometimes you can't predict how an interview goes, in which direction it goes. When I was talking to Laura and Vula, we didn't really talk about the specifics and theoretical stuff. You'll see me in the beginning wanting to go down that nerd rabbit hole, talking about harmony and chords and stuff like that. But instead, Laura offered something completely different. She gave me an insight into her emotional landscape, into her views on being an artist and what it means for her to be an artist and what responsibility comes with that. We talk about that at first she couldn't really identify with being a singer and eventually found her role and her own point of view. We talk about the expectations of others and how she deals with them. And overall, I felt like I got to know her. You'll see two people getting to know each other, getting closer. So I'm glad and I'm very, very thankful for Laura and her honesty. And that's something that is in her music always. So why wouldn't it be there in conversation with her? I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. This was a special one for me and I'm thankful for Laura for talking to me. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to this channel and leave a comment. I always read them and try to reply to them. And a great way to support the podcast is by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash pabloheld. It's really a great way for me to communicate and stay in touch with the most avid fans of the podcast. And they help me in return to continue putting out these interviews. And I also share some exclusive things with them. If you like to write down things that you don't want to forget, things that you find inspiring, check out the investigation notes notebook. Find this on my Bandcamp page. It's a little eco-friendly produced notebook that I put out. It has staff paper. Maybe it's something for you. And now I wish you all the best and uh, lots of uh, great insights with this new episode featuring the great Laura Mbula. I'm really uh, um, curious about your compositions. What are you searching for when when you when you start composing? Or does it come through improvisation or you know, uh -huh. fooling around at the piano or another instrument, maybe? I don't know. For me, it's pretty abstract and pretty um, un unsexy. It's um, like there's no like. It's like a really ugly cacophony of sound. Like I'll usually be just whether it's like bashing a piano or bashing my voice or <laughs> I don't know or, or a lyric or I just hammer I hammer away until something cracks mm. um, and well sometimes it's more it's more I'm more led than that sometimes it can be very clear that hasn't happened in a long time though mm. where I have a feeling or sound or a melody or and and then I need to go and realize it that, that that's happened like once or twice mm. for me so usually I sit at the piano or I sit in the quiet room or, um, yeah, just how, whatever the, 
moment is like I just try to be in a moment and let things come if, if things want to come mm. and then if I can catch something then I'll try and de deal with it and make it malleable so then sometimes there's things that come that are old, old or over familiar like old material old ideas and old shapes and then I'll just discard them or like in my mind mm. um but I play around with things not always literally not always on the piano but just in the moment until something until something comes yeah can you describe that playing around a little bit more I suppose it's a bit frustrating, but uh, it's too abstract even for me to like pick apart and and make it a methodology because yeah, it's like the freest place I can be. Yeah. So the most important part is getting to the open place, which can be. It's hard Not to go there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that is especially if you know what that's like, if you've been there before. Mm. And you know, um I I I try to be aware of like what I'm feeling. Like mm. I try to um I just watched a series on Netflix and it's called The Sinner. I've, mm. I think there's like four seasons now and I watched the latest season. I don't want to spoil it, but there's an episode where <clears throat> the main character is encouraged to just be present with his emotions. He's a detective and mm. he's cut off and from a lot of what he's felt in the past, a lot of trauma and, and one of his sort of uh, expeditions in, in, in an episode is that he sits on a beach with his feelings and his thoughts and lays them bare. And it's not, I don't think that's an easy thing no. for anyone to do. So. So I think that's why sometimes there's a resistance or there's like, um, it feels like climbing up a hill or, you know, you just can't connect with oneself. Um, but I'm, I'm learning to, it's a, it's a thing of um, not judging yeah. anything. Um, so, and that helps. Um, I was thinking the other day that I got into the <clears throat> not so great habits of smoking a lot and drinking a lot in order to get to that numb place. Mm. Like I noticed that 
the last couple of albums I've made, I've always been in that smoking like a chimney and I'm like <laughs> constantly, you know, which I think when I was much younger, I didn't have those vices. And so I was probably a bit raw, but um, mm. yeah. So my, my process is just making room for the process. It's just, it's only that. Yeah. And it takes whatever shape, whatever shape it takes. It might be sitting at piano and playing and singing, or it might be just sitting in silence and trying to um... to let go, huh? I mean, letting go is one one big aspect of it because we get so distracted by outward things, I mean, ex external things, but also the internal, like the judging that you mentioned. And all those yeah. other thoughts. Um, and and the word or the words letting go is so easy to say, but it's really hard to do, you know. Uh -huh. Yeah, they can be really fun. Like once you once you arrive there, extraordinary like I can feel like now I'm in a season where something again is stirring and if I pay attention to it then it's likely something will we're gonna make something but mm. it's also easy to ignore it because it's, it's a bit intense or I don't know what it is or I don't yeah. know what direction and um, But that's it. That's the that's the business of music making, I mm. think. And especially in your music, I mean, I get the same thing, the same feeling. Although the music is different, and but there's a rawness and, and honesty in Joni Mitchell's music, where it's like, oh shit, I can't escape these lyrics, <laughs> you know, I can't escape your honesty. Although I don't know you, you know, I've been listening to your music for a long time. I feel like you uh -huh. let us in. Yeah. Pretty, pretty yeah. deep, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very... To a point where sometimes it feels like, wow, uh, can I really go there with you, you know? Uh -huh. So I, I yeah, assume yes. that must take a lot of courage from your, on your point as well. It's like oh. laying it all out. Here I, here I am. This is what it feels like. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's courage. I feel like it's draining. Like I don't know. I suppose I'm a personality. I grew up that way. Um, my my parents, my mum particular in particular, would always say. Oh, just hold something back, you know. <laughs> like, well, that that could be just in like in a relationship, in friendships, in um, <clears throat> you know, my my school, my, my life at school, mm -hmm. um, education, trying to climb a ladder, that constant striving for something. Um, for acceptance, I guess, validation. Mm. 
I think the cost, the great cost that comes with that and the choice, the choice is, is that um, in the end, like you say, like uh, I, I sort of em emptied myself several times over in a multitude of ways and multidimensionally and um, yes it's a strange it's a strange thing and yet some part of me wants to go on doing that it's weird I've, I've seen an interview of yours which I really liked I was it at Oxford or something um, I think you you mentioned like uh, the, the, those past two albums that you did at, at that point it was Dreaming Room and, and uh, Sing to the Moon and you were like yeah, I, I don't know if I want to make another album like that where <laughs> you know put everything out there maybe just sing, just sing about somebody else or you know um, and I'm not sure yeah. if, if the new album is really no. as, <laughs> any different I didn't in, know, you know I didn't in, uh, yeah but I think it's the uh, <clears throat> you know what i'm happy that you didn't do it you know i will listen to anything that you do but it's like i want to know how it continues the story you know and well uh, yeah if the story if it ends well maybe <laughs> that's fine but i do think it's a it's tricky it's a really mm. tricky thing um, and I think the last couple of years, like for so many of us, have shaked, shaken everything up again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, as if it wasn't already enough to try and cope with the absurdity of our existence it's it's now like right here yeah um, so but you know as long as i'm still as long as i'm alive i think i'll go <laughs> on yeah. like finding ways to express that's my so good small lens my my way of um seeing the world and i don't know but isn't it great that we as artists have an outlet like that where you know it's, it's almost like self-therapy uh self-medicating or we have kind of that that as you said that open place where if we have the the access to it we can deal with stuff like that you know stuff that that we're struggling with or you know external stuff internal stuff well i think if if you're rooted and if you're centered if you're aware if you're conscious if someone who's living consciously could i even say if you're enlightened mm -hmm. then then maybe yeah maybe it's how great it how great it is to be an artist. 
<laughs> well, I think if if not, I think it's I think it's really dangerous. Mm. Um because it's so exposing and because it's so raw and because mm. there's we have this responsibility too that comes with it. Um, you mean we as artists have a responsibility? I believe so. Uh, what is that responsibility? I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. But I think there's a privilege that comes with freedom of expression mm. and encouraging people to pay attention to what you're saying and how you're saying it. Um, mm. I um, maybe responsibility is not quite the right word, but um, I am aware of being being watched and being taken in and mm -hmm. being. Um, admired and also the opposite and uh, how does it affect your music though what do you mean well in a negative sense if we think too much about others and i think every artist goes through this uh constantly like uh how can we not think about the others and still care for them being an audience like if we think about the audience too much or I'm going to say it more personally, like if I think about the audience too much when I play, I want to please them. I want to, I want to amaze them, which is just selfish and, and, uh, and insecure that and insecurity that to some extent, I think every artist has, but has to work against by maybe more thinking about, okay, what, what's the most honest thing that I can do in this situation? What can I offer create, creatively? And there, thereby you connect with the audience. You know what I mean? I hear what you're saying. I feel like it's, for me, I wonder whether it's not such an isolated thing as in, and I think I wonder whether this has to do with the mystery of the parts of this world that we're not quite able to articulate or understand what the thing is in the first place, the mysticism about creating music and sharing and experiencing it. Um, somehow, for example, I know that I'm extremely overly invested in what people's opinions and thoughts and feelings and perceptions of me all around. Yeah might be, have been, will be, huh. uh, but, and in some ways, I think that has served to inform the vulnerability in my music, which in itself is, which in itself then serves the art because it's, yeah. it's a statement in itself. It's, it's something to be, considered in itself that as humans we 
we're so wrapped up in this idea still. There's something very unique about yourself now that we talk about it, you know, where other people think of, okay, how does this affect others? Or what do they think of me? Or, you know, um, those thoughts usually turn people and artists or people in general into not being honest, but more into like, okay, if I, if I want to please them, I should be more like this because this will please them. You know, it, it makes them more, uh, less honest and less themselves. Whereas it seems like your direction is being even more yourself and more open and more honest. Well, only because of the basic truth that like humans on some level, we know nothing about what we want. And actually I would argue that, It's the it's the it's 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 paradoxical. Everything I believe that we think we need to chase after that will some the arrival point, whatever that is, hmm. whatever the platform, whatever the material thing, whatever the relationship, whatever the money, whatever the status, yeah. whatever the award, those things in themselves will somehow, you know, give us a sense of being whereas you know maybe the, the actual truth is we have everything that we might ever need like right here as long as you're as long as you exist in this human form there's nothing there's, there's nothing more than the essence of who you are is is all that's real and true yeah. and that can't be you will never not be and i will never not be and so the idea that we could be chasing after feeding of us each other with things that are just sort of accompaniments to those things and we chase after those things as though they themselves are like it. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's folly. And I think it's really clear. Like, I think even a child just has to look at the world and go, yeah, like <laughs> it's fucked up. Like, mm. you know, don't make no sense. So, so yeah, I, it seems to me that the more I'm about, the more I make it my business to be in the present moment and to accept <gasps> Darcy, get down. Sorry, it's a very naughty dog. Um, it was very in the moment though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I just think that it's that um, there's that uh, spiritual author that talks about that British story, the the beggar that's begging for you know a pound here, a pound there, a couple of pence, whatever. Someone stops by and says. 
Gosh, how long have you been begging? Oh my God, all my life. Okay, what's that box you're sitting on there? So now it's just been here all, the whole time. And, and he turns and he looks in the box and it's like a box of gold. It's like, you know, I, for some, I have a hunch that all of us intrinsically know this, mm. but it's really easy to be distracted. And musically, I think it's one of the best tools to find our way home. But how? <laughs> That's always the question, you're, right? You're doing it now? Like, this is a part of it? Like, we're, we're doing it now? Like... I think it's really exciting when, you know, and it's just in those moments as well, especially when it feels like, yeah, but how? But yeah, but... Like, I mean, asking I, right questions. Now, I, not just asking questions, but, but just allowing. It's like observing what you're thinking and feeling rather than identifying as it. So right. it's like, for example, right now, the, the thought and the feeling of me writing, making another piece of a body of work right now makes me feel sick tired like why should I no never again I wow. imagine not too dissimilar like to to um I mean I've never <laughs> I've never given birth but I've heard mothers right. my own mother they can't remember the pain of well they can remember but they don't remember in its entirety and they have another till they have another one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um I don't know what my point was, but I think it was going to be good as well. <laughs> yeah, we, you were heading about uh, heading towards saying like doing another album right now doesn't feel oh, yeah, too promising. That. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah, but like that in itself is brilliant because if I stay with that feeling. And I, I just witness it. No judgment. No, don't need to react to it. I don't need to have a thought. Like, I don't need to think about it. Just that's where I am. Suddenly, like that loses its like. It's like a captive, like feeling, and it. I become aware of myself as just a being that yeah. enjoys creating and and then the hunger comes and actually, back and the hunger can come back yeah because it's a searching thing and that's a, one of the most natural thing human instincts you know to discover to explore to search to create you know that's something that I don't know about you, but this happened to me in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, like I was, uh, I've said it before, um, but I, I was identifying so much as a musician, as a working musician. Then once 
somebody or uh, like external powers take that away from you, that ability to perform for other people, to create with others, to even be with others. Once, you know, that's, that's gone. I was like, who am I? What, what am I supposed to do? Because I didn't do what I identified as, you know, for so long. So if I don't do that, who am I? You know, that, that thought came, came to myself and then it was in a time oh. where we spent a lot of time, my, my wife and my kids, on the countryside of the ho- house of my mother-in-law, where there's, oh. like, there was no instrument, sometimes no internet connection. And I was just there with the kids playing all day with them oh. and being outside and doing work around the house and stuff. And then you notice, like, I'm a, I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm a person. I'm a human being. And uh, now I look at the creating part um, of myself, of my my existence in a different way. Like if I don't do it, I'm still okay, you know? And that reminded me of what what you said, you know? Because for us, but but for me as an audience of you, if you say like, I never know if I'm going to do another album, I like, I say, I hope she's wrong, you know, but it's uh-huh, so good uh-huh. to allow that thought. It's so uh-huh, good to allow that uh-huh, thought. So uh-huh. that, that hunger that you talked about before can come back. And then, it, uh-huh. and then the ideas are maybe more genuine and, and more raw and more, uh-huh. more you maybe, as opposed uh-huh. to, I have to create, where's the next idea? I have to work because if I don't work, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not useful or I'm not contributing. Yeah. Yes. It's exactly that. I mean, we all have the this capacity for being consumed by one or several things to the point where we it's not even important like what the thing is it's just like to identify as as something is it's just a a necessity like a human Mm. condition part of a human but I think the more that we can just sort of like be um remove actively those shackles um and we recognize what you just spoke of, you know, that just I'm, I'm, I'm a man, I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm, 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 I am. Yeah. Right. Serious. And then, then, then things, then the smallest things can become more intensely beautiful. And um, the things that felt like they held so much power in a bad way or in unhealthy way become more distant and um powerless Mm. Um, yeah you're right but i mean so but what was the last time you were composing or being creative in that musical sense What's the last song that you wrote? Mm, I did something recently for a TV, uh, a film. 
Was it the next that... Netflix thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Western? I haven't seen the movie yet, but oh, no, I've, no, 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 I've no, heard no, the song. That one. This is... Yeah, that, no, that was that was James, the director. That I just sang. I just performed on it. I did a, um, no writing on that one, but the last thing I wrote was to pitch something, um, which I I didn't get in the end. But um, it was it was. I don't think I was fully creatively alive during writing it but I felt like as an exercise particularly for film it, it was a good it was good and what, what I, was it I, hmm? what was it what instrumentation what uh, kind of setting? okay so it was just uh, for like a period drama and and it was just for like an end credit song but the end credit song sort of ran sort of starts in the sort of climax of the movie um so it runs underneath and um i think you know i'm in a p place at the moment where i'm learning to make sense of finding myself in a place where I need to make a living. Um, as well as wanting to stay full with integrity and mm. um, a deep sense of who I am in as a as a writer mm. um but you know those two aren't easy to it, it, i can believe they can coexist but it's not easy to no. figure that out so um it's almost like um i compare things to food a lot but all my most of my metaphors are food related but um It's like when, if you're going on a fitness program and you're looking at, you know, specific hitting certain um, targets with your food, your macros and your whatever, then your meal prep will consist of X, Y, Z, and you, it's pretty, it's math, it's, and it's, pretty uninspired and you can find ways to make it enjoyable but generally it's like this is what I need to hear whereas if I don't know let's let's speak in fantasy world I, I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing a guy and it's like the fourth day and I want to cook and I and I want that meal to be something something that hits a lot of things you want it to feel good taste good set an atmosphere mm. you know it serves a completely different function and 
serves the feelings, the senses. Um, now, you could say that one, <laughs> you could say that they're connected because in some ways maybe, I don't know, maybe to get to that place, mm. one needs to work out, feel good in your body, eat well. Um, and without that, maybe you don't get to be cooking the fantastic meal for the hot guy. Right. Yeah. So it's not my greatest analogy, but for me, I'm trying to make room for meal prepping, meal prep music, meal prep writing, meal prep. Um, that has a function that serves a purpose that um, isn't void of value because it's not sexy or mm. it doesn't move me. But I'm getting my protein and I'm getting yeah, fiber yeah, yeah. and I'm getting my nutrients here. And yeah. I'm, you know, that money's maybe going in the bank and I can save that to. Sure. Yeah, how, like this is very new thinking for me. Like this is because I've always just been trying to cook meals for hot guys. Yeah. And wondering why, <laughs> why it's not, <laughs> you know? So I mean, that, that's universal for artists and musicians, you know, that we have to find a, a balance of the things we want to do and the things we need to do to be able to keep doing the things we want to do if they themselves are not um how do you say earning the the money that would just you know if we would, could just the do thing, the things that uh we want to do that would be cool yeah yeah know? the thing that pisses me off is when people make assumptions about me because i'm partially in the public eye so there's this assumption that i like people there are some people that genuinely think i'm a rich motherfucker like mm -hmm. they think I'm balling out here they're like oh my god no she's she's mm. huge she's big man mm. like <laughs> it, it just I was I'm just watching a, a document I'm a bit sucker for docuseries and has that um R&B star actress Uh, Tiana Taylor has this series with her husband and kids I mean it's kind of trash TV but I find that stuff interesting and one interview she's saying because um, she's retired mm -hmm. um, and and in this one scene she's like you know I was in the studio with Puff Daddy and he was saying you know, I should come out of retirement and he's got some songs and blah, blah, blah. And then she turns to the camera and she's like, the thing is, my love of music, it's not that I wanted to retire from music. How can one retire from music? Um, love for music was ever thriving and passionate. But she said, I just don't feel like it's worth the bullshit that it comes with. Mm. And that's that's you could consider her maybe not megastar status maybe superstar like she's she's huge in the state yeah. um so it's this it's this universal like struggle yeah for artists whatever 
I mean, yes, of course, the struggle's different. I just saw the, the article with Adele when she put that Instagram post about her crying because um, she's cancelling the tour and, you know, she's getting some backlash. People saying, oh, poor little rich, famous girl crying <laughs> over, you know. And I understand part of that, but also it's still a cancelled tour. Yeah, and, probably, yeah. Um, and I had the same. I Because I posted something on social media recently and there are people like, oh, stop your moaning. And it's just so, <laughs> there's such a, an ignorance. Um, but I suppose that comes with any industry. Yeah. Uh, it gets, it's rough. Anyway, I digress. What were you saying? I don't know what I was saying, but we were, you know, in that direction, like balancing the things that we have to do versus the things that we want to do and, and finding a balance in that and not feeling too bad if we have to do something that doesn't hit all the marks, all the boxes. Oh, but oh. I find it a good point that it hits enough boxes for you to stay engaged and to feel creatively and to feel, yeah, like, you know, and finding finding those outlets and those moments that can help you um, uh, enable you to to keep doing what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I'm I'm also an obsessive personality. So like I if. I think the moment that I discovered that I could make sounds and organize them and say something, I was obsessed mm. with that. And even in my like fatigue, I still have an intense fire. It's just, I think we can all identify with that thing. Mm. I don't know that there's something in all of us that burns yeah. on um, even when you know circumstantially it doesn't it's not fitting like like today like it's you know we all knew that the music industry was suffering anyway and <laughs> now it's like we are we are bottom of the pyramid um, yeah. and yet there's still a great fire for yes experiencing and creating music I, I read this book about Keith Jarrett recently and um, they talk about at some point or in a lot of points about the relationship of Manfred Eicher, his uh, producer, and uh, and his vision of, of he, documenting. He used to scare me as a child. Manfred Eicher? No, Keith, Keith Jarrett. Jarrett. How, how so? Well, because my dad used to make us watch so much, and we watched, um, I think the first time I saw him was in the Mars documentary, and... The, which one? The, the sort of electronic. The the one from two thousand one. No, no, no. Way early. Okay. Um, but 
but he's like is when he's talk they're talking about he's talking about the, the time that he was in, enlisted in the band he got the call and he wasn't interested in electronic instruments at the time and then like and then it fast forwards to hit them doing a show and obviously he's super expressive yeah when he plays he looks like he's having like several orgasms <laughs> like in different orifices of his body <laughs> like Absolutely, really mad. Yeah. but as a kid I like that made no sense to yeah. me that like, I remember being like yeah. dad what's wrong with that guy yeah <laughs> he and a it problem. always stayed with me there's a problem like yeah. that is so scary yeah yeah <laughs> anyway sorry keep going um yeah the producer said like he, he wanted to make his point why he's documenting his chariot so much and from the start you know it, it was a little german label uh ecm and it was a small label with not really an income of sorts you know it was all very impulsive and 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 uh enthusiastic about the music and he he, he talked about i'm not doing these records to be commercial hits or anything or to sell well I'm just doing them so they exist, you know. I'm capturing this mu music so it exists. And I think that's that's very connected to that fire that you're talking about. Because what, you know, you're not writing a new song to get some more pounds or sell records, you, you because it's something that needs to get out. It needs to be there. And that fire is is within a, a creative artist is uh, is there and it, it needs an outlet and it will come out if it needs to, you know. Yes, exactly that. Like, because it needs to exist. I, that I really that that's what I'm. <clears throat> that's where I want to be. Yeah, me too. And I have something that when, when I'm doing something or I have to do something that I don't want to do, I have a physical, physical hindrance almost like it feels bad to do something that I don't want to do. Because I'm so I, I'm so in love with doing what I like to do. You know, I, I like it so much. And I need to do it so often and I need to feel it all the time that if I don't have that feeling, it really feels like I'm, 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 you know, I'm slowed down like thousand percent and I can't move my muscles or, I'm, you know, oh, so, yeah. and other people don't have that. Um, what's the word? They're not hindered as, as that, or they don't have, um, uh, it's hard for me to put into words, uh, but, um, Oh, other people have okay. They have this feeling like okay, I'll I do this. It won't hurt, you know. It's fine. Whereas if I play in a band where I don't want to play in, or if I have to do a gig, which it it feels bad. So I needed also like you find it, you know, find outlets or places where where I can do what I like to do, and also oh. they pay the bills, you know. So for me, that was, you know, well, that's, that's, that's the dream. Yeah. Well, it's, it, for me, it came to, uh, to uh, through saying no to the things that I don't want to do 
and spending a little bit more time and finding a good place where I can teach. So I, I teach at a university jazz pian pianist, you know, and that's something that I find inspiring and, uh, and, and energizing, but it's not, it's not obviously not playing gigs, which I want to do all the time, you know, but, you know, agreeing to do more teaching or teaching in general, help me to to be more focused and 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 to say no to the things that I don't want to do. Oh. So if yeah. I now think back I of think the time when important. I yeah, if I now think back of the time when I was starting out where you have to say yes to everything, but also say yes to a lot of things that you don't want to do, I, I can remember those feelings like, ah, oh, this feels bad. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be and also I can't hide this this face can't lie <laughs> if if i'm doing something that doesn't feel good it'll show so oh, people if people come to oh. my gigs and they'll see if i don't dig it you know um it's oh. not really good um it's very revealing <laughs> so i have to be in in places oh. where i feel feel good you know yeah yeah that makes sense um, when you, um, another thing that I'm amazed about your, your music and you in general is, I, I want to learn from you how to present a melody, you know, because what you do, if to, it seems to me like when I see you, if I watch videos or if I hear the record, it's like you're up close, you're intense and but you're super super clear and it seems effortless also uh and it also seems very spontaneous the way you present a melody like it just comes to you um oh. sorry let me just hurt in my eyes um, I don't think I don't like to think about it. I mean, I have thoughts, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just don't think it's important for me to like, I used to think it was important for me to understand like how or like, but the most important thing for me is to nurture the yearning, <clears throat> the yearning I have for, Tune, tunes, like, um, you know, I'll watch another documentary I was watching <laughs> that I need to finish on um, Neymar, the footballer, um, Brazilian footballer. 
I mean, I do find like generally footballers' lives to be loathsome. <laughs> the whole part of the culture that I openly judge. Um, however, I love watching just generally people do something that is unexplainably necessary for them. Mm. Like, I find that brother so corny, like, and I'm sure I don't, I hate that I have so freely say things about people that, like, I, but I, I'm saying that deliberately because, like, I feel like if I sat down to have a conversation with somebody like Neymar, we'd have literally zero to talk about. <laughs> However, from the little bits of footage I've seen from when he was a kid, a child, and his love relationship with the, the ball. Like, and it's not something that he ever questioned. It's not something that was like, let me make sense of this before I embark on it as a career. It was just, sort of an obedience yeah I I personally just feel like I was wired and groomed and set up to just care about melody like um before I even knew really what melodies were and I think that's like a, a family thing as well like I think about my my siblings who are both musicians right um cello and, and no Darcy so uh James is ch is a cellist and um my sister is guitarist and she plays violin hmm. um and they both sing really well uh, and right I think like the other I'd play it for you but I don't have the, I'm on my phone um, like the other day they both sent me on our siblings group they're like oh I remember when we used to listen to <laughs> um, was it was it uh, A choir called the African Children's Choir. In the nineties, they had a pretty big platform, mm -hmm. um, and because um, <laughs> my brother just started singing one of the songs on on the voice note, and he, <laughs> we were all just like, "Gosh, do you remember how?" It like even like across language because they're singing in I don't know actually what language they're singing in, but even as kids even as kids we had a sense of like we there was some very profound enjoyment that we got from melody this these mm. melodies the melody just that we 
we were fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are things that I think we've grown up appreciating and therefore requiring as we've gotten older um, certain connections um, things that aren't necessarily traceable back to any specific thing but um, it seems to speak collectively to you know like why do certain intervals create a be it a particular emotion or yeah equal particular timbres of the voice can evoke certain things like why don't don't know don't understand the physics of it don't understand the physiology don't i don't get it um but i think The moment that I sat down to, oh, I will, um, I will organize my own notes, whether it was orally or like, it was a very sacred consideration. Like it was very meaningful to me to be able to not just talking about improvisation it's not just that but I guess it's like decoding a language Mm. um that I'm still learning to speak you know and there are sort of teachable things and unteachable things um And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, deep curiosity and insecurity. I think because I could, from early, find it hard to identify as a singer. I just felt like I couldn't sing very well, but I still had a deep hunger. So then it's almost like that manifested in finding (laughs) finding a different access point to get the same gratification that Mm. I would if I was listening to I don't know Kim Burrell or but it wasn't something that I could easily understand when I was young because I was the kind of teenager that would have said oh Nina Simone she can't sing (laughs) she sounds like a man Mm -hmm. that's what I used to say like as a Mm -hmm. kid um, but that was to do with like conditioning and lack of not being open, ignorance. Now, for me, there is nothing more like there's no higher singing than Nina. There's no like what she does. Like I can, I can enjoy a Kim Burrell sermon through. The, her voice and it deeply ministered to me but what I experienced when Nina Simone sings doesn't even make sense to me as singing what I understand to be singing it seems to be 
transcend that. So I think that's what that's partly where my deep yearning for melody and it's like it became my currency <laughs> um, you know so you know because I used to think I used to I used to be I hated singing uh, even when oh, I did sing to the moon, which is nearly what it's ne- ten years ago. It's nearly ten years old. Yeah, like the sound of my own voice, like singing. I used to hate. I used to hate it. I used to, and yet. You had to do it. No, it was like, I'm doing it. It was a choice. It was like, Sing to the Moon was a great lesson in, um, the whole process was a great lesson in staying the course and moving like uh, a commitment to a commit yeah commitment in itself to because I was never a kid or a young musician that like finished things like and never that like mm-hmm. that just wasn't my thing um but I, I i was i kept moving the thing to the moon and so there were points when i just i felt like it was not a good so many things about it that i just felt were not very they weren't very polished and they weren't i didn't sound like a singer and i you know, it just didn't like, where was the music? I felt so many holes. I remember how I felt about it, but then, but then, like, then there would be these moments where I would experience the thing, like the pieces in their entirety. And it would feel like, it's probably the most spiritual, like the most deeply spiritual moments I've had in my life where I can't tell you how those songs came to came into existence really Mm. it's like the thing like the miracle of birth like it's like the concept is so out to me and yet it's the most ordinary thing like it's incredible. But yeah, but well, yeah, but I think melody was my um, I just knew how to look. I've always known I just don't get tired of 
searching. Like there are, I've, I feel like I've collaborated with a good few people over the years, even though I don't collaborate very well uh, generally, but it's like, um, you know, you go searching on a beach, things you might find in the sand. And it's like, I'm always convinced that there's gold. I don't care what anybody tells me. I just, that's just what I believe. Um, and I could have dragged a few people with me and they will pick up a few shells and, and they're really beautiful. And they'll be like, let's, let's bounce with this. This is, these shells look beautiful. I'm like, yeah, but there's gold. Like, let's just, this is why, but how much you, longer? This is why you find those other nodes, Laura. Maybe. But, for some, but I think for some people, it's not easy because you might come, it might get dark and it's like, you can't see. Yeah. So you have to go to bed and it's like, well, that was a waste of time. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, to me, it's not. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't see it like that. I just think. Yeah. With the wealth of music and the giants whose shoulders we stand, that's where the responsibility comes. Don't think it's enough to just. And this is me having made an 80s album. I don't think it's enough to just regurgitate. I think one has to search, do some work. Like, not because so that we can just go like, you know. Yeah. Because like, I believe that every human being has an individual capacity to say something that hasn't been said. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how anybody doesn't think that or see that. Yes. Yeah. And it's mainly because a Laura Mvula hasn't existed yet. Maybe. Like, so without saying good or bad, but that's going to be a new thing. Whatever oh. you say, sing, it's going to be you because oh. there's only one you and you might be influenced oh. by certain people oh. but however you want to copy them you're not going to make it oh. because it's no. it's going to be you well this is the, i remember the day i told jake because jacob collier and i were always going back and forth with things and i remember when i was sending him tracks to this new album and I remember saying to him, yeah, because it's like an 80s throwback. He was like, no, but it isn't no Laura, is it? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, it's more than that. It's it's yeah. you. Like, it's not. Yeah. That's why it's, it has the potency that it does. And it's true. Um, and I can embody that now and embrace that and be and walk, walk well in it. But I, so it, it, it's, a, it's, again, paradoxical because it's the thing that I'm most praised for, but it's also the thing that most, I'm most criticised for, which, you know, so the praise will be, she's in her own lane. There's, there's things that we haven't heard before. Like it's so layered and it's so nuanced, but it's still, it's familiar and yet it's, it's new. And then the criticism in industrially will be hold on but we don't know how long it's going to take it to, to, uh, write. to do okay. a weaker album yeah 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 it's not it's how much is this going to cost yeah. um when when are we going to get the next thing it's it's, it's the it 
So it then becomes about the gatekeepers and timelines and um, fear, like fear-based things. Like, yeah, but it that didn't break through in that way. So that you know, yeah. how do we make this? How do we make this really pop? How do we, you know? Yeah. So there's like, I have these conversations with friends of mine a lot, like. Because I wish, sometimes I wish. I wish that I, um, I wish I could be an Anne-Marie or a Mabel or a Dua Lipa or a, but then the grass is greener and I've heard people in their kinds of shoes say what I would give to make something that sounds like me like without any boundaries yeah and have it be accepted um so yeah it's it's bittersweet but to I'm, me it, to me I it didn't to... feel like a like an 80 i mean it feels like an 80s album in, uh, to some degree but What I, I I arrived at at thinking about your your latest album is like this is a certain kind of dress that you're wearing, but it's still you, and you move the way you move, and you look the way you look. But just have another dress on, you know, it's a cool dress. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Somebody else might somebody else might wear it, and it's a different thing because it's a different person. Yeah, it's there. a different thing altogether. Yeah. Like in the eighties, I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure. In the eighties, chords moved the way, as just one aspect. Yeah. <laughs> chords moved the way you made the move in the yeah. on the record. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's what I think. See, that's what I love because. You know, one that is my dream to sit down with Janet Jackson and um, play a couple of songs off Pink Noise because, and other, so many others that have influenced over the time, um, Nile Rodgers. But um, you keep, you just keep pushing. I think that's the... That's the thing to keep pushing for me. Well, I'm I'm talking to the people that in, inspired me, like right now. But what okay. would you like? What would you do if you would talk to these guys? What would I do if I was talking to the what to Janet? Yeah. Um, and you know, and and play her some of your songs from the new album. I mean, what is that wish about? It's just like giving her giving us some flowers, which I'm so pleased that the what the planet seems to be doing off of this documentary. But like just, you know, a believing like I imagine like if there was an artist coming up and I could quite clearly hear and my influence but the thing goes somewhere further 
to me that's like that's the circle of life like I don't think there's anything more beautiful than that like more loving than that mm-hmm. like especially as I by the way it tends to be people who I already know are fans so if they've like Janet I know she really appreciated my old stuff, but she would never, she would not really understand or know the extent of her influence. Mm. Um, so in, in a much more obvious sense. And so that's why, and, and, and also on other levels, you know, as a, as a woman, as a young black woman, as a, you know, it's 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 hard out here trying to try to hold this title of artist and mm. sell tickets. <laughs> it's mad. Mm. And so. do and do and do things that people consider to be not. Um, I don't know what. Yeah, unusual. Well, I don't know what people. So my music has been described, not just my music, but just my whole me, my whole being. Um, is not as I guess it's not. It's not neatly packaged as you know. Certainly, the the climate that we're in today seems to be all about finding existing in spaces that are already occupied and pumping them full of commodity crack it's like you know and that's just the way it is so it's like you know I get told all the time but you know yeah just it's just the way that's what the industry is now Mm. so it's just like wow what would be your perfect perfect world in terms of creating in the industry? I'd just like plant communes, artistic communes everywhere again, so that there would be places where people would just it would be about getting back to that thing that you said um Keith Jarrett said, where people make music so that it exists. I think since it got to be about profiles and celebrity and, you know, capitalism, it's just, I think as a human race, the West is very, we're in danger, in danger of completely missing the point <laughs> like this thing we call music mm. if we haven't already completely missed the point. <laughs> which you know fine whatever i need to go and um settle my I've got two pets here at the moment that are very close to 
causing havoc. This is my life now. I'm a cat lady and a dog lady. <laughs> so you mean you have to go? We should stop talking. You mean? Oh, Laura, thank you so much. That was really cool to to talk to you. Thanks for agreeing to do it. You're do this with welcome. me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Take and thanks care. for being so so op open and I mean not that I expected any less from you you know listening to your music but I felt you were really sharing a lot and being really honest and, and present so thank you good you're welcome say hi to your pets for me I will bye bye thanks bye. in a dark place our love